Hi, welcome to On The Daily, a podcast about finding the acoustic you. I'm your host, Danielle McCleary. I am a serial optimist and a champion of people who has long been on a search to truly see people and help you peel back all of your layers and become the most acoustic, authentic, and best version of yourself. I'm so glad you're here. Let's dive in. Hi on The Daily. It's Danielle, your host. Welcome back. This week, we are interviewing, this episode was with uh, Dr. Regine Maradian. She considers herself a spiritual psychologist. She's an author of children's books. She does a lot of work with teachers and kind of is pioneering like these projects that are going to help teachers kind of manage different um, anxiety levels and what they're calling post-COVID stressors as we move out of the COVID era and kind of really equip teachers with the tools they need to help the kids that need it. Um, And I just, this episode is so cool because, you know, it's, you know, it's sometimes, you know, when you think you're going to have a conversation and then the conversation is different than you thought it was going to be, but it actually ended up being better. Like that was this conversation for sure. I imagined we would talk all about spirituality the whole time. And what we ended up talking about was like kids and how we parent and mom guilt and things that I know so many of you who are listening to this podcast every week. I know so many of you have these questions. And she just does such a good job of explaining it in a way that is easy and it's easy to like chew on and digest. And I just really, I love this conversation because I know so many times I have felt mom guilt or I have felt like, oh my gosh, should I not be doing so much for myself? And there's, you know, there's guilt that comes with that. And I think having this conversation really kind of reinstilled this idea that as parents, as humans, we can't be good for anyone else in the world unless we're good with ourselves. And the ability to sit alone with yourself and really be okay and happy with who you are is so beautiful. So I hope that you enjoy this episode. If you are just joining on The Daily, if this is your first episode, welcome to the family. You can listen to any episode in any order you want. They're not in sequential order. So you can just go back and pick. We've been here since January. So we got a lot of episodes in the queue and you can absolutely go and check out any single one of them. And I absolutely encourage you to. Every Tuesday, we have an interview. Every Friday, you get me to yourself. It's called Unplugged with D. And I'm just really excited that you're here. And if you're coming back, welcome back. This episode is brought to you by the Upstarter Pods Network. Obviously, it takes a village to create a podcast. And if you have a podcast or if you are looking to start a podcast, maybe you just need some coaching and some advice, go check them out. Email chase at upstarterpods.com or you can slide into their DMs at upstarterpods on Instagram. Get your questions answered. Let them know I sent you. Speaking of fitness and soul cycle. If you are a person who really wants to try SoulCycle, but maybe you don't live in a place where there's a studio or an outdoor studio, depending on when you're hearing this, a lot of the studios are still operating outdoors. But when all things are normal, we are inside. So if you're not near SoulCycle and you really are thinking about an at-home bike, SoulCycle does have one. It's through Equinox Plus. So you're not only getting SoulCycle, but you're getting rumble boxing. You're getting solid core Pilates. You're getting Equinox hit classes. You're getting headstrong meditation. You're getting pure yoga. You're also getting TB12 recovery. And I have a discount code. It's for $250 off. The code itself is actually very long though. 
So instead of just reading it out to you, if you go to our show notes um, at the bottom of the episode and you'll see the code there, you'll just copy and paste that into when you purchase your at-home bike. But comes with the bike, you get a screen, you get weights, you get a mat, you get all of the fun things. And then you can kind of take soul cycle classes and all of those other ones right from the comfort of your own living room. So go enjoy that. Regine, hi. Welcome to On The Daily. I'm so happy you're here. I'm so glad to be here. It's so exciting. How are you feeling about this? Are you are you pumped? Are you ready? Yes. Just like the Soul Cycle class, right? We're like ready to go. <laughs> I'm going to tell everybody how we met, but I want to start... I start every episode. I don't know if you've listened to some of our episodes, but we start every podcast episode with a clearing. So anything you need to clear that would keep you from being present... I mean, you're a psychologist, so I'm sure you absolutely know what I'm talking about when I say a clearing. So I will let you start and then I will clear anything that I need to clear? You know, clearing just, I I think it's, it's a time everyone's kind of feeling overwhelmed. So yeah, share it. Just really just being right here in the moment and present and just enjoying our time together and, you know, and being able to give back as much as we can. That's what I'm clearing today. What about you? I love that. Well, similar to you, I, you know, I went into this whole week, you know, because obviously we live in California and they lifted all the restrictions of COVID last week. And since then, like I've been going into stores without my mask on and like go, you know, doing everything like I used to. I feel like the whole world, like you said, is very overwhelmed and I'm feeling that energy from a lot of people. And so I'm very much like stepping into this which like I've been in this role before of like the trendsetter, the person who will lead the way, the person who will like help others to not be afraid or overwhelmed. I then find myself getting overwhelmed by that. But then I have to remind myself like, that's a title you put on yourself, Danielle. So like, give yourself a break and just relax. But just clearing that there's like, a lot of fresh energy, I think happening in the world. And I am enjoying being like the spearhead of it a little bit at least in my like hyper local neighborhood and you know just my my network in general i find that i'm i'm being a trendsetter right now which is a role i enjoy so i'm clearing that yes and you know danielle it's so interesting you mentioned that cuz yesterday same thing so as i went out the first time just in public with my daughter my 13 year old she was i don't say freaking out but she was just really upset that she she would that no one was wearing the mask and she's, she was telling me, I mean, I wasn't wearing, I mean, I'm not wearing it, you know? And she says, Oh mom, you got to put your mask on. You got to put your mask on. I can't believe no one's wearing their mask. And it's so interesting because it, it's all about how we respond to that. And, you know, I just told her, you do what you feel comfortable. And if you feel comfortable wearing it, wear it. Because I think we're transitioning into that phase, just like you said, is wait a minute, all for 18 months or how long this was, you told us to wear it. And now all of a sudden we can't wear it. So the brain has to adjust to that also. And I think that's also part of the trauma, right? Getting out of this thing and readjusting. I um, I was talking to somebody the other day, which I definitely want to get like talk about this a little bit and get your thoughts. But we talked a little bit about the fact that like what's happening right now, I feel is a very more psychological than anything else. And it's a really wild thing to see and like how it affects everybody so differently. 100%. I know. And it's, it's, it's going to be a learning process. I don't think we, we haven't even scratched the surface yet. I feel that 
come fall. So I'm so excited we're talking about all these things because it's so connected with what I'm doing too and hopefully can be helpful. <laughs> yeah. So I, for everybody listening out there, I met Regine only a few weeks ago, actually. She came to my Soul Cycle class and afterward just like came up and we had this like very instant connection. And it was like very clear that like we were meant to, our paths were meant to cross on this day. You know, I was like, I have a podcast. And she's like, Oh, my gosh, I love that. And I was like, you should be a guest. And so then here we are. So I know that you, you are an author, you are a psychologist, you've, you are a co founder of this really awesome project. I would love for you to just tell your story a little bit. Like, who are you? How did you come to be? Who are you today? Like anything you feel like sharing, you know, just so everybody can kind of be there with you a little bit. Yes. So gosh, Danielle, I think, you know, I'll tell you uh, just the soul cycle story is my daughter got me into soul cycle. My older one, I have, I'm a mom of three. I have a 15, a 13 and 10 year old. So she got me into soul cycle and she's been taking your class for so long. And she's like, we're going this morning. So it's just so interesting how everything kind of happens. And I instantly also felt that connection with you. And I think that's the beauty of Soul Cycle. It's just so empowering and inspiring. And everyone there just has positive energy. And that's really what I'm about. And it's all about, you know, what's the energy that we come in with is what we get out of it. Psychology, gosh, I just fell into it. It wasn't really, I want to say, a calling or a path that I was going to take. It just really happened. I started in uh, international relations, actually, and diplomacy that foreign affairs. So that's what I really wanted to do because I lived all over the world. I just had just blessed through my parents and their work to have lived in different countries. So it was just the thing that I thought I should do. Psychology just pretty much fell into my lap as that didn't unfold. And I didn't choose, you know, the foreign affair path, as they say, because of all the traveling, which I love to do, but just at the time didn't work out. And here I am today, I want to say 15 years later, uh, not regretting you know, this path, I love what I do. Um, I work with children, with parents, I teach positive parenting. I just see a wide range of kids with different issues and just really here to normalize mental health, decreasing really what the stigma is. Normalizing that mental health is as important as our physical health. And then coming full circle to this quarantine for me, 2020 has been really a blessing in a way because I've been able to really sit back and reflect on what I wanted. I think it was just like you started today with clearing. To me, 2020 was a huge clearing of, okay, I have all this time, which is you're not running around anymore with your kids, driving them everywhere. (laughs) I used to say, I feel like an Uber driver, right? What are you going to do? And so when Zoom started, I saw kids' mental health honestly declining so fast within the month. That's how Frankie and the Worry Bees, my first book, literally was birthed and came out, was just through that experience. And it was all, it's all about the premise is turning all your negative thoughts into positives, right? Not to confuse it with toxic positivity. I think a lot of people will say, oh, don't, you know, it's important to talk about the negative and what they're feeling and turning it into positives. So when I saw really positive results, that's when I decided to turn it into a book. And now I'm on my third. I mean, within a year, just, you know, I think the writing just is coming to me, the ideas, but all again, 
they're all empowering books with activities and solutions and really how to help kids navigate through these really difficult times. I love what you said about talking through negative things and turning them into positives. Cause like, I know that's huge in my house. I have a five-year-old and his name is Owen and he will tell you he's 35 and he's like at that age where like we go to the park, he's the mayor of the park, you know, like telling all the parents he'll watch their kids for them. Like he's that, he's that kid. And, you know, at the beginning of the pandemic, and I t- I've talked about this on this podcast a little bit, but at the beginning of the pandemic, you know, he was in TK class, or I guess, no, at, he was still in preschool at that point. So he was in preschool. And, you know, when everything first happened, we like pulled him out because we were like, well, let's just see what's happening. But his little preschool never closed because they're a they also run like a daycare system. So it's it stays open for essential workers. And so it's considered essential. And so his school never closed. And we took him out from probably like March until the end of May. And by the end of May, I looked at my child who like they had tried to do Zoom preschool. Like, that's a joke, by the way. <laughs> that's a joke. You know, do, the kids don't understand why they need to be muted. Like they don't understand why they like it was just like it was a mess. And like we were doing little preschool activities with him, keeping him engaged, keeping his mind working. But I started to notice my very happy, like wonderful, positive, bright, airy child start talking to his stuffed animals as if they were real people and not in like a cute way, like in a, these are your friends now. And I like called his dad and I was like, we have to put him back in school. Like this has to be risk assessment at this point. And, you know, we were learning that like children were, you know, essentially unaffected by this virus. So let's put him back in school. And like, it was the best thing we could have done because we were able to see him still grow and flourish through all of that. And we, you know, we, we talked about negativity a lot and we talked about how everybody was, you know, cause Owen would say like, people are a lot meaner right now. And I'm like, I don't think it's that people are meaner, but I think it's more that, you know, people are just really scared. And when we're scared, we tend to like say things that maybe we don't mean. And it, it was a really interesting like time to be a parent of a young child. I think, I think that's probably why my fiance and I and his dad, we stayed really positive. You and I kind of briefly talked about this at SoulCycle. Like we stayed very positive through the pandemic. Like we tried to stay as like normal as possible. We kept trying to like live our lives as best we could because when you're a mom of a young kid, everything I do was going to duplicate down to my son. So it was like a very, it was a choice we had to make really quickly. And I don't know. I think I'll always be proud of like how we did that because, you know, virtually now he's he's unaffected. And then once he got COVID, we all had it in November. And like once he got COVID, then he was like, we're fine. Let's go. We're fine. Let's move on. I'm like, well, I guess it's kind of a blessing in disguise. Well, you know? and in the mindfulness. Yeah, you're that's what you're talking about is the mindfulness. It's it's you you saw it as a parent. And that's I think that's really great. And I applaud you for that. And that's keeping your eye open and seeing these little things that you're able to pick up on. What got you into like psychology for kids? Was it like just from your own experience of being a mom or was there something that you were like children? No. Well, so I didn't have kids when I, when I, well, I know I'm going to go back on that. So I, I had my first child in grad school. I always loved kids. I actually, if I really go back before international relations, as my dad's a physician, it was like, you know, this brainwashing, you know, when your parents say, Oh, you got to be a doctor, you got to be a doctor. And I'm like, no, don't want to be a doctor. Don't want to do that. Don't want to be a physician. But I, I always loved pediatrics. I loved kids always. I I was always like the mommy in the group, as they would say, the caretaker. So 
for me, it was just so natural. And it's, you know, when you go through your training, you just kind of dab into everything and see what you like. So that was an area I really loved. And I was able to connect and it's fun, you know, you're getting on the floor with them. And even now it's so funny, because my teens would be like, they'll tell me all the time, Oh my, like they don't, it, it's, I think it's just so hard because I'm mom at the end of the day when you're home, but then with your clients, it's just such a different feel and, and kids connect. And I think it's just getting on their level. So that's one thing I really love. And they're so, believe it or not, I, I think if you know how to connect, they're just so easy to work with also, because it's just, you, you could see it in their eyes. You could see the change happening. You can see the impact you can make. I mean, not just for kids and teens. I mean, I also with adults super powerful, but it just happened. Yeah. Do you feel that I'm trying to figure out how to phrase this question? Like, what do you think are like moving in out of 2020 through 2021 and beyond? Like, where do you think are the most, like the biggest opportunities for mental health, like in kids and like adults, I mean, whatever you want, like, what are like, you think the biggest opportunities for like mental health moving forward? Oh, I, I love you're asking that question, Danielle. I feel this is what just what I've been seeing. And I don't know if you've been noticing this as well. I think 2020 has really just going out of this pandemic has really opened up mental health conversations. And people now what I'm noticing are more, I think because they're feeling it, and they're seeing this shift within themselves, whether it's they're feeling irritable, depressed, sad, anxious, I think they're more aware and it's creating more awareness. So, I mean, a lot of us are super, I mean, it's just a reality, super busy. I mean, a lot of us are just booked on three months on end. So that tells you that there's a crisis going on. That tells you that people are really in need right now because they're, I I think it's kind of like they're shell shocked. They're not sure, you know, about these feelings that they're feeling and these, you know, whether it's insomnia they're going through or this sudden depression that is just hitting them, which we're calling post-COVID stressors right now. And it's definitely a term just running around. And I think that's what people are just waking up, so to speak. And I think it's a good thing because mental health is not just about, you know, when I'm not, if, if I have a mental illness or I'm struggling with a certain clinical diagnosis, it's all about going away from that. We all need someone to talk to in a judgment-free space, right? Somewhere where you feel that, well, I know that everything I say is confidential. And I also know that I can just speak my mind and not have someone tell me what to do or how to do it. That's the power right there. Yeah. That like unbiased listening of just like, I like somebody, people need people. And like, if somebody can have, you know, even, even when you're good, like I've always, I've been in therapy since, I mean, I, I think I first got a therapist when I first started going through a divorce and I kept my, th- I like, I've been in therapy ever since. So like, I'm in therapy when things are good. I'm in therapy when things are not good. And I, I think, I think you just nailed it. So many people wait to like worry. It's like people worry about their mental health when it's already a problem. Instead of like, you know, going through the ebbs and flows of life, like thinking about their mental health as essential, they wait until it's a problem. Would you agree with that? Yeah, 100%. I I totally agree. And then there's that other flip side, you just said something really powerful is actually when they start feeling better is when I say, that's perfect. This is where I want to get you because that's when the work really begins. Because when you start feeling better, and you're out of that crisis mode, right? Which which is the original reason why you came in. Now you can start working on yourself. You know, 
it kind of reminds me of soul cycle or exercising. You can't just you can't just do it once a week, right? If you want to see consistent results in your body and in your physique and building that muscle and toning, you have to make a total life change from nutrition to working out, right? And that's how you start seeing results and with mental health it's the same thing. That's why we equate it. I always I always equate them as exactly the same. And, you know, a lot of people will tend to for them, exercising also decrease increases your decreases levels of depression. It's so healthy. It's so great. Makes you happy, and it, it boosts all those good endorphins. So it's the same process, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, and it's something that, like, you just nailed it. Like, it's consistency, right? It's not about like I always say, like, don't binge eat Soul Cycle, and then like don't come, you know, come like once every six months, and then expect you to get better at it. I feel like it's the same with mindset, and like I know for me personally, if I so okay, so my dad passed away in January, and I think maybe I talked about that. Like my dad was like my best friend, like soulmate. Like this guy was like he was my person, right? And so day to day since January has changed significantly because like I used to call my dad multiple times a day, call him for everything to tell him what I had for lunch, all the way through like dad, how do I like start? How do I incorporate myself? Like it was literally like everything I would talk to my dad about. So the day to day changed a lot. And before he passed, I am like really big into miracle mornings. I don't know if you've heard of like Hal Elrod. I love waking up early. I love reading. I love getting my mindset right, like writing my gratitude down, working out everything, all of those things before the day even begins, before my son wakes up, before I'm expected to do or be anything for anybody else. And then my dad passed. And then I just lost that. I could not get up early. I could not read. I couldn't do anything. And it was like, I realized that this is where, you know, because everybody said, you'll get through this, you'll get through this. And I'm realizing now what that means is I've done a lot of work on myself over the last years to know that I'm equipped with the tools to get through grief, whatever getting through it means. There's no reward on the other side of it, right? Like my dad's dead and he's going to stay dead. But I know that I have the tools to get me through each moment, which I think about like if I wouldn't have been going to a therapist or been doing mental health work on myself and and taking care of my brain as much as I take care of my body and my you know my gut health and my you know my nutrition and all those things if I didn't treat them equally I don't think I would have fended as well in the last couple of months as I have which is interesting because it kind of goes with what you're saying like you have to stay consistent with your mind as much as you stay consistent with like your body and the way you eat and you know yeah. And, and you bring up something else about self-care. And I think also as moms, we tend to, moms and dads for that matter. I mean, it's not just moms, moms, dads, parents, caregivers, all of us just as humans. We tend to, I think when we get so busy with the day-to-day, not everyone is as disciplined or will do those things that you just described because there's this feeling of guilt where, no, I'm last and then everything else has to come first. My kids come first. My partner comes first. My husband comes first. Everything else comes first. And I think that's where we tend to get burnt out. And I have this conversation a lot. And that's the first thing I say to parents. I say, guess what? This is the time for you to be selfish. And they're like, huh? What does that mean? I like self-care and take care of yourself first. 
What is going to make you happy and regenerate and keep your cup full? Because you wake up with your cup full, right? In the morning. And then by the time it's the end of the day, let's say four or five, you're, you're depleted. And then you wonder why you're irritable and you're angry and you're upset and you don't have that energy to give to other people and people see you as cranky, which a lot of us this happens to. So it's all about reflecting back and saying, okay, what is one thing I could do? And I love that because I mean, you, you're doing so much before even like, I'm sure we got on today, but what is it that you do before everyone wakes up and same thing? Like I'll wake up super early, you know, and I have three kids. So I'll wake up super early, make sure I do all the things that I like to do, or even just coming to the 7am class, right. Or just doing something for myself makes such a big difference. Right. I, and I know it's hard to kind of wake up that early, but when you start your day early and do all these things for yourself, I promise you, you feel, I would just tell the listeners, you'll feel so much energy and you'll just feel better and good. I want to talk about that a little bit, like the mom guilt thing. Cause I get that a lot with like, you know, whether it be moms, you know, having, obviously I work in network marketing and like moms get so much guilt over like working there, like running a business. Like, and this doesn't even exist in network marketing. This is like any mother with a career, right. Or any, like you just said, like having moments for yourself. Like I have so many mom friends and family, like some, like my sister-in-law, they both like, they have, they are moms of three and that is what they do. And they do not do anything for themselves. And like, they've recently started to like work out and like do things for themselves a little bit, but I would love to know, because I have a lot of moms that listen to this podcast and a lot of them feel this way where they go, I just don't know how, I don't know how to just do things for me. And you kind of already touched on it, but I would love to know, like, what are some tips like that you would say to some, to a mom who's like, I don't know how to take time for myself. Like, I don't even know where to start. Yes. Danielle, when we started today talking, you said you answered the question. I don't think you realize that. And you know what you said? You talked about role modeling. You didn't say the word role modeling, but that's what you were talking about. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be really raw here. Did I feel mom guilt? Oh my goodness. Yes. Working. I mean, think about it. I had my kids in grad school, grad school. So where I had to kind of multitask. And that's where I share my story of just to inspire people to know that you can still do it all. There is no perfect timing for everything. I think we are all wired so differently in terms of multitasking. And that's just one of the things that's one of my skills is I'm good at multitasking, but also stepping back and thinking about how you feel. The second thing is role modeling. So when our kids, and again, I'm going to talk out of experience, when they see us doing, yeah, sometimes they'll get frustrated in terms of how much you're working or how much you're putting in, but it's all about setting that special time with them that is just for them. So like we just did this yesterday, once a week, I have my special time with each one of them and they get to choose what they want to do with me. And that is our special time. And, and of course they want more and more, but I think it's all about listening to what they need, but it's also listening to what you need and letting them know, Hey, you know what? Mommy needs 30 minutes right now. I don't want to be bothered. And that's okay to say that. I think it's just about you setting that time for yourself, just like they will set that time for themselves and say, you know what, mom, I need 30 minutes to myself. I just need to be left alone right now. Like, I just want to close my door. I don't want anyone bothering me. I want to crank up the music and just let me be. And that's us letting them have their autonomy and independence, right? That's also important. 
But the role modeling piece, I want to go back to that because when they see us working, when, when we talk about the guilt of working or not working or whatever it is that you're doing, being a mom is hard itself. It's a full-time job, right? And add on to that, all your daily duties and everything else you're doing. But when kids see you doing something, you're actually empowering them to do that. So for example, with my writing, I'm just going to share. I didn't, I never told them to write anything. So my older one loves writing and she started a blog. I didn't tell her to start the blog. It was just through watching me writing that she got inspired to say, Oh, I, I want to do that too, because she's, she really loves writing, for example. Or, you know, having my son was, the, he's 10, he was the one editing the book because he's a kid and I wanted a kid's opinion. And so these are all ways that we can involve them. But I going back to the self care, it's about stepping back and saying, okay, I'm going to give this much to my kids, but also I'm going to teach them independence, right? So if you have a ton of laundry to do in the house, I mean, imagine, gosh, I know much laundry. We have tons of laundry. So I, you know, I've got into the habit of, you know, I think it's also us kind of detaching as parents and being like, no, they can do this. I'll do it. But then I will put, I have three different baskets and I'll put their laundry in each basket. It's their responsibility to take it to their rooms, fold it and put it away. And there's actually consequences for not doing your chores because kids ask us stuff all the time. Oh, hey, mom, can you take me here? Oh, I want to go to the movies. Oh, I want to spend time with my friend. There's a responsibility and there's something that I expect you to do also in return. And, you know, just like today, my daughter at 12 wants to go and meet her friends. I said, sure, you can go. But what do you have to do in your room first, right? Let's say it's a mess and you have to clean it up and do what you got to do. And there's no argument about it. It's kind of like a give and take. And I think that's what we have to teach them is that give and take, because we need also that take ourselves as a mom. So going back to that question in self-care, choose one thing you can commit to every day. Maybe it's listening to a podcast or a meditation or whatever it is for 30 minutes of your time or 10 minutes. Maybe it's going around the block. Maybe, you know, it's writing one thing you're grateful for. So something that's going to make you feel good. Everything you're saying, I'm like, yes, this is the way that I raise my son. So I feel like go to yell. Like literally, I think as we speak, my fiance is like, trying to take Owen to the park because that's what he wants to do. But his room is a disaster and he goes to his dad's today. And I'm like, there's no park if that room is not clean. Like, it's just not going to happen. So, you know, he's in there like crying and being like, I just want to go to the park. And we're like, then clean your freaking room. Like, I don't know what to tell you. you know? But it's so interesting because from the time my kid was born, and I forget what show, I think this actually was on Big Little Lies that Nicole Kidman said this on the show where she said, I love being a mom, but being a mom is not enough for me. That has always been so true to my heart because my son is my favorite thing on the planet, but he's not the only thing in on my planet. I am a better mom when I get to teach at SoulCycle, when I make time to run my business, when I make time to keep this podcast going. And that's how I'm a better mom. But I also so true, like my kid is so independent. That kid can go to his room for hours and play in there. And I don't know what he's talking about. I mean, my dad has like come back to like talk to him. Like he's in there talking to Papa all the time. I mean, and it's really amazing because then I, you know, he goes to school and we hear from his teachers like Owen is like a very mature, independent kid. 
And I know that that's not by accident. I know that that's because everything more is caught than taught to kids, I think. And I I say this to a lot of people all the time, because obviously I like mentor a lot of people in business. And I say to them all the time, like, if you're not willing to take the time to do the things that you are meant to do or want to do, then how are you ever going to expect your kids to do that? Like you, they have to see that you're doing it first. Otherwise they won't. I love your take on that because it's it's hard. I mean, and I, I see so many moms where they're like, I just don't know what to do. Like, I don't want my kid to like hate me. Like your kid is not a, your kid is not going to hate you. Like set boundaries. And like, like you said, have time for your kid. Like every once in a while we give Owen a yes day and everything he wants to do, as long as it doesn't involve driving too far, it doesn't cost a lot of money and it's not dangerous. We do it. And you know, he knows that those things are coming and it's just so it's like it's it's fun to watch him grow up because of the way that we have kind of instilled this like independence and also just the permission to be passionate about things other than your mom yes and and you know the hating part i love that so here here's my take when they say to you so i'm telling this to all parents all parents when kids tell you i hate you or anything negative that you don't take it personal because basically what they're telling you, let's say you're setting a boundary, right? And kids usually will fight you when you try to set boundaries and when you try to put structure and then parents sometimes will give in because they don't want the kids to be mad at them. And then it creates this whole conflict back and forth. But actually that could be more harming than anything because when kids say, I hate you, really what they're saying is, thank you, mom, for putting a boundary and a structure around me. Thank you for doing this for me. They're not going to tell you this now, but they'll tell you later. I'm going to share with you something because I know with devices this is a huge thing with parents. This is from my 16-year-old, okay? She told me this actually not too long ago. She goes, mom, when I was in sixth grade, so I took her phone away for three months. And when I teach my parenting classes, parents are like, you did what? How did you do that? That's crazy. I'm like, no, it's not. I just took it, put it away, turned it off, and that was it. And I can't remember. There was there was something at the time. And I remember her being so mad. I mean, I took her world away, right? I took her the phone. I took the device away. Actually, you know, you, you learn through error. Look, even though I'm a psychologist, if you ask me now, when's the best time to give a device? I'll say, oh, you wait till you're in eighth grade or eighth grade graduation or high school. They don't need it. It's not necessary. Social media, they're not prepared for it. They're, I mean, as much, as long as you can wait, wait. So we all learn through trial and error and, you know, and I'm really open about that. So when I took the phone away for three months, obviously she was upset and angry, et cetera. And then I think there was a distraction with school, et cetera. So I just really wanted her to focus on school and studies. But now a few months ago, she goes, mom, I just want to reflect back on something. You did the best thing when you took that phone away for three months, because that really taught me that I could just put it away at any time and I don't need it. And now she's really doesn't like social media as much. She's like, I just don't like it. I'm not into it. I mean, it's so interesting that shift that's happening. I'm sharing that as an example is when they tell you, I hate you. You're so mean. You're so this, you're so that to me, it just flew you know, one year to the next, I'm like, it's okay. I'm just setting a boundary and structure and you're just not liking it. Oh, well, that's my job as a parent. So telling all parents, don't worry if they say that and try not to react to that because that's just an internal feeling that eventually you'll get to talk about and normalize for them. 
Yeah. I mean, I didn't get a phone. I mean, so many of my friends had pagers because, you know, I'm not 16. <laughs> I remember the pagers, yeah. <laughs> so, so many of my friends yeah. had pagers in middle school. They all had a pager. And I was not allowed to have a pager. And I did not get a phone until I graduated eighth grade and I was going into high school. And I honestly think the only reason I got a phone is because I was I I grew up dancing professionally. And so I was gone a lot at dance. And I think my mom just like really needed a way to get a hold of me. And so I think that's the only reason I got one. But I mean, that's before social media. Like we didn't have Instagram on our phones. Like we had Snake. Like my Nokia had the game Snake. And that was legit. Like that was... But that's back also... Let's just talk about that's back when phones... You could drop that phone from the top story of the mall and it wouldn't break. Like... Those kind of devices don't exist anymore. But yeah, I, you know, it's so interesting too, because Owen, you know, he goes to his dad's and his dad's like a huge video game person. And like, it's one of the things they do. They love playing video games together. And Owen's actually like pretty, pretty good. And it's pretty amazing to see this like five-year-old, like so good at what, at technology, you know, but he has like a Nintendo Switch over there and like a PlayStation and they, that's what they do. They play games. And then he comes over here and like my mom bought him a Nintendo Switch for our house, just and I was like, please don't do that. Like, he doesn't need that here. He has that over there. He doesn't need that here. And like, I have the gift of like him only being able to play it 50% of the time because he's only at his dad's half the time. And, you know, we'll let him play it on like long car rides or like if we're in on a road trip or something, or like if we go on an airplane, he can play a switch, but he knows over here, like there's no video games. Like we don't play video games. He can watch a show at night before he goes to sleep. But like we're, we're so, we do so much more than that. I'm not faulting his dad. Like that's the way that they bond. And that's great. There are, I I think back to like lessons that I learned when my dad used to like, if I showed up, my dad and I never fought. Like we never yelled at each other. He never yelled at me. But if I showed up even one minute past curfew when I got my car, because he gave me, and that's the other thing, all my friends got, you know, brand new Mercedes and like nice cars. My dad was like the CFO of Disney. Like he probably could have bought me any car he wanted. Instead, I got the hand me down Ford Explorer. I loved that car so much. I took so much pride in that car. And if I was even one minute past curfew, I mean, one minute, my dad would not yell. I would walk in the door and he would just say, you know, you're grounded, right? Give me your keys. And like, I was only allowed to drive to and from dance and school. And that was it. And I would get so mad at him. And now I look back at those times and I go, you know what, though, it really kept me like a disciplined person and really helped me like stick to my word. You know, it's a it was a lesson. Absolutely. Yeah. And you're angry in the moment, but then you you kind of learn you took something. So it's, it's kind of like when we say how when you're in a relationship, and when we break up or when a friendship ends, or it's it's not about and, and we get upset or we get sad about that loss, right? There could be a grief about that loss. There could be anger about that loss. There could be so many different things. But I always say, what have you learned from that? It's all about what did you learn from that relationship that you can improve on next time? Because it's all about reflecting on ourselves and on the other person, right? I think when we take that perspective, it's so much healthier and you're able to kind of learn the lessons and make that change within yourself. I want to know, we talked about self-care. I want to know what are your, because obviously you are, you have a career, you're an author, you're writing books, you have three kids. So what is, what is Regine's look, self-care look like? What are, what are the things that you do for you? So I love my alone time. 
I need my alone time, at least an hour a day. (laughs) And at least, and sometimes it's more. And I'm just, you know, it's something everyone knows. And my alone time, well, first of all, I love exercising and I do various things. So I love dance. You talk about dance. So I, I danced too for seven years. Love, love dance. So glad after this pandemic hit, I started going back to dance for, so I dance over at Millennium Dance Center. And that's something I do with my daughter. Like she loves that. But again, I'm just saying self-care. That's an example of self-care. Yoga. So I'm really into restorative yoga. Same. The kind with like blocks and blankets, a plethora. Yes. And the stretching. Just all the blocks. Oh, <laughs> love it. Love it. Love it. And and really, honestly, just being within myself, you know, just putting on some music and just doing my own mindfulness meditation just reflecting, just like we started with the clearing and just being right now in this present moment. And that to me means the world and obviously love reading. So there's so many different things that I just love to do. And it kind of varies. I'm not very consistent where it's the same thing every day. I kind of mix and match it. I I need that. I think, and I tell my friends, I'm like, you need to do this for yourself. Find an hour in the day. It doesn't matter when it is. Your kids will be fine. They're going to be okay. You know, you don't need to cut their food in pieces. They can do it. You know, so I'm just, it, it's just, what can you do to make them more independent, right? I think we talk about that independence because independence really builds them to who they're going to be and helping them kind of reflect on that. So, yeah. Did you find at the beginning, cause you said you like your alone time and I'm the same way. Like I'm, everyone always assumes that I'm an extrovert, but I'm actually like, like I consider, I think the term is like popular introvert. Like the only reason I can be so like, ah, at my job is because I, I have to be alone to recharge. And did you find at the beginning of the pandemic that you almost lost your freaking mind because all of a sudden, like you were trapped in a house with your whole family? It's yes. Yes. Gosh, I'm going to say yes and no. I think I think before the pandemic, because we were all so separated during the day, I didn't really see, I didn't really, I only saw them two to three hours a time, right? A day. So for me, going to work, honestly, was my, was my alone time. I mean, I just, just my space, my, you know, I mean, obviously, it's, you know, my therapy office looks like in a, you know, living room. It's, it was my space. So, I feel actually the opposite. Yes, after a while, absolutely. I think everybody was just getting on each other's nerves, right? And I think it's just the energy pent up. But at the beginning, it was just this feeling of, oh my God, I'm just cherishing every single moment. I'm cherishing this time that we actually grew super close. This is the interesting thing. With I don't know, and I know a lot of people have said that we've grown super close in terms of our connection. So I'm so grateful for that because you can't. You can't take that back. You can't reconstruct that. I think that was one of the great things. But yes, for them going insane and not, I mean, I have extrovert kids, so them not seeing their friends, not being able, I mean, this was torturous. Absolutely. And I think that's where the negative energy kind of sometimes would get in the mix is keeping them busy and figuring things out. Right. Well, and you have like school age kids too. So, you know, you went from like, everybody's out doing their own thing. They're at school all day. You're at work all day. And then, so I bet having that time together was really, I guess, 
I guess probably the reason I felt that is because I don't have a school age kid yet. So like he's home anyway. And my alone time was going to Soul Cycle, right? Like my car ride to and from the studio was like my alone time. And then all of a sudden the pandemic hit and I don't have that anymore. And I don't have that morning routine that I'm up before the rest of the house. And not like now my morning starts when Owen comes like bouncing into my room at 7am and Breezy is an extrovert and Breezy's like, what are we doing together all day? And I'm like, we, the collective are doing nothing until Danielle or solo gets time to herself. Uh, I love that. Well, see you and you said it good. I love, okay. So exactly what you just said I love that because that's what we have to pair. This is what parents need to do for themselves. Exactly what you just said. I need, I, I will do whatever we have, but I need first this time for me. Perfect, perfect, perfect. And I think that that's what's missing, right? Because you just talked about the recharge and you said it without any guilt. It's like, look, love you guys, but I need to do something for me right now. And when I'm done doing my me time, right, then we'll figure out what we're doing next. So I've proven it through my own experience that that makes me a better partner. It makes me a better mom. It makes me a better wife. Like it makes me all of these things. And we're not even married yet. And I just like said that, like that is called, that is called the future is happening. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's so true though. Like I, I really, I've seen these things happen. If I'm not taking care of me, I am horrible at everything else. Like I'm not a good instructor. I'm not a good business owner. I'm not a good podcast host. I'm not a good mom. I'm like uh, nothing. Like I just implode and I kind of just like go into my own head. And so it's like, that's what works, you know? Yeah. No. And I, if it works, do more of it. Exactly. And I think it's, it's what you said. I think people have to find what works for them and what they feel good with. And if they, if you feel it and you need it, do it. Right. I want to know, because this whole podcast is about uh, being your acoustic self. What is, I would love to know what living acoustically mean to you. Oh my gosh. So when you, when you say that, the first thing that comes to my mind is just being yourself, being your true self, being your authentic self. I know it's a word we throw around so much and being in the raw, right? Because, you know, a lot of times for me, especially just, just professionally, or even as a friend or as a parent, people will say, Oh, things must be so perfect for you, or you're just the perfect parent or, and, and it just, it's so interesting that that's what people see. Because I'm like, no, there's no such thing as perfection. Perfection doesn't exist. Right. And by the way, I'm a Virgo. So immediately I'll say, Oh, perfection. Yes, I like things to be tidy. I like things to be neat. I like things to be structured and organized. And that's what makes me function. But you love a list. Love a list. I love the list. Lists work. But at the same time, <laughs> uh, that things need to be perfect. Now, now, you know what? If I don't want to do the dishes today, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to. And I used to not be that way. So that's been something I've shifted within myself. I'll do it tomorrow. But if right now in this moment, I don't want to do it because I could then stay up till three in the morning, making sure everything is just clean and tidy and everything the way it needs to be. Oh, it like snowballs. It snowballs for you. Like if it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. My best friend is a Virgo and she's the same way. She's like, I either have to say like, pardon my French, I have to say fuck it all and like, you know, not do it today or every single thing is going to get done and I'm not going to sleep tonight. Like that's how she is too. It's like things need to be kind of, you know, right. But I, I think it's finding that balance within yourself. And that's what it means to me and shifting. So 
when I can say, you know what, it's okay. It can wait till tomorrow. It's like 12 right now. I just don't have the energy for this. And you being able to let go, that's to me what is really being you and being authentic and sharing because, you know, it's like when you see on Instagram, you think like everything's perfect. I think I saw a post or somebody mentioned something like that, you know, and I, I saw again, this whole thing going around with selfies and showing your raw self, right. And celebrities posting things without makeup and who are you really? And show those hard times, show that pile of laundry over there in your room. That's okay. Because that's the reality. You know, I think that's how when people can connect with you when you're just being yourself and you're being real. And I find that very helpful. And I, you know, I think that's just part of who I am. I'm always okay sharing. And none of us are perfect. And we all go through difficulties and trials and tribulations and challenges and grief and trauma and hard times and relationship difficulties. You name it, we've all been through it. And I think that's when we can start connecting on that on that level, right? And when you can be authentic in that way and really listen to yourself and listen to your intuition to what your heart is telling you, right? When you can kind of take it away from the brain and go into the heart, I think everything changes. Everything. That's really beautiful. When you take it out of your brain and into your heart. I mean, that's, and it seems like such a simple, a simple fix, but it really is. That's easier said than done for so many people. I mean, but that's where like mental health and like this idea of like brain body connection really comes in, right? This, this idea that we've been kind of talking about is like the authenticity of like who you are can exist in so many layers and in so many like shapes and so many different colors from day to day. You know, I, I think if I think about who I was a year ago to who I am today, it's like a completely different person. And I think that used to be something that scared me. And now I embrace that. You know, if somebody says, I tell, I say this a lot. If somebody comes to you and they say, you've changed, like, take that as a compliment. Don't take that as a insult because like, it was never your obligation to stay the same anyway. Like you were never obligated to just stay in your head and not feel your feelings. That was never, you never signed up for that. Yeah. It's that mind, it's that mindset shift. I think that kind of happens and and, and, and life is all about growth. We're not going to be the same people. We shift all the time. And it's all about, I, I think that's why we've seen, I mean, you've seen now with the pandemic, the rise in divorce and relationships, just, I mean, I think because everybody's been, we're so cooped up together. And, you know, I think we've learned so much, but I always say that when we can't grow together anymore, in terms of, it's kind of like spiritual growth. So I'm really big in, into that and, and awakening and really finding where your true self is, right? And when you start growing and the other person is no longer growing with you, it can become challenging because you are expanding, your mind's expanding, you are shifting, you are growing. And we are meant to grow. We're not meant to stay stagnant, right? It's It reminds me of like- Literally wait. how the earth moves. The earth moves because the seasons change. Like that's literally what <laughs> everything about our existence is built on change. Yes, exactly. So- it's not about expecting the other person to change as well, but it's about that person saying, wow, I, I, I hear what you're doing. Wow, I like what I, I, I like this shift. It's kind of scary for me, but I want to hear more about it. And when your partner or person can say to you, I want to hear more about this shift instead of getting threatened by the shift or feeling fearful of your shift and your growth, right? That's when, I mean, that's when you grow together. Right. And I think that's so powerful. And kids see that and people around that see that. 
Well, and I think too, there's like when you're, you know, like I, I am really big into spiritual awakenings as well. And like my spiritual awakening kind of started in like 2019 and then like really fully evolved in 2020. That's why like I say 2020 was one of the best years I've had personally because I've, I like fully awakened, I feel like. Obviously, every I'm still it's an evolve it's an evolving process. However, I think when you start to oh when you start to awaken, you know that consciousness within yourself, you automatically want to bring as many people with you as you can, and just like you can't expect everybody to be ready to come with you, people can't expect you to stay down. You know, so it's like people people that haven't had that want to like hold on to everything that's leaving, and everybody who's experiencing that awakening is trying to bring everybody with them. And I really do believe that eventually, like it will all every you know everything will start to like come back to that same level of consciousness. And there is like a huge shift on the planet happening right now. There's like I I know like you and I briefly talked about this. We can I want to absolutely go into this like. A lot of people, I think, in 2020 had an awakening and like a, a realization that, like, you know, of, of so many different things, whether it be that, you know, people started questioning things more, people started to, you know, really trust their heart a little bit more, what people really started to lean into their own voice and their own power a little bit more. You know, I think, I think I, I saw that and it was, it was really beautiful. And a friend of mine always say, like, you can say that 2020 was horrible. And for a lot of people, yes, I'm not like at all. I am not discounting the hardships that so many people went through. And I'm saying that let's not pretend that we didn't all choose at some point. We didn't choose to be here at this time. Like I truly do believe that every being on this planet chose to be here in 2020. There's a reason we were here and not in a different time. Like there's a reason we were in this time. I think we're really starting to see that just that shift happen within humans. I would love to know like your opinion on that. I think that every human and I didn't, Danielle, I, I know, I think we briefly touched upon this too, is every human has the power of intuition. This is not just a gift as they call it. We all as humans are born with intuition, with the soul, with whatever you want to call it. When we talk about awakening, a lot of people don't understand what that means. And it's not an area I talk a lot about, especially in my practice, right? I mean, it just depends who comes through the doors and they start that conversation. I've actually had clients tell me, oh my God, Regine, I see an aura around you. I've had teenagers tell me this. And that's when I know that, oh, we can talk about this. Okay, this is permission to talk about that, right? Because this is more uh, spiritual psychology. It's a little bit different, right? Not religious, right? You yeah, yeah. Well, and it can be taboo for some people. Like, people, there's, it's like, I know what you mean by you have to like really know who you're talking to. Cause if you're talking to the wrong person, then you get labeled like kind of nutty. And yeah, yeah. So, yeah. And, and, you know, I, I think it's, if we go back to intuition, like just scientifically, we go back to intuition and really trusting ourselves and what we feel, that intuition part. And listening to that, that's where I'm saying, take it out of your head, put it back into the heart. Because when we talk about yoga, mindfulness, I mean, what is all of this? I mean, when you're really thinking about it, it's just being in this present moment, being here, quieting everything around me, being okay with being alone. I think this is the most powerful thing that a human can do for themselves is when you can be happy with yourself, just happy with you. We're just sitting here or being alone for the rest of your life, whatever it is. I think so many people are just so scared to be alone. 
But when you can be so happy to just be with yourself, and that's why I say I've always practiced that alone time because I just love it so much, just the me time to recharge. I think that's when you're finally ready to be with someone else, right? And I tell my young people all the time, like, you know, even people are single, I'm like, you've got to be okay with being with yourself. It's not about jumping from one relationship to the next or settling for this person. It's you being happy with you so that when the time comes and you meet that person, you can give your full self, but at the same time, having your independence and us being so separated in the sense where we have that respect for each other, where you're okay with me having my alone time and I'm okay with you having your alone time and not to be codependent because we're seeing a lot of codependency nowadays, right? In relationships and with our kids and with people and attachments. People and- think they need to be like, they need to find their other half when really They're like we need to each be like a complete and a complete that come together and like build an empire from there. Perfect. Exactly. You said it. And so when we talk about this awakening process and I go back to intuition, we all have that gift within ourselves that we are intuitive and we have it. It's there. It's just there ready to be open up. It's like a, it's like a nut ready to be cracked and everyone will go through it in their moment. It's not something you push on someone. It's something that it takes time for them to connect and build, build on that. And we all have it. It's not oh, you have it, lucky you, but I don't know. It's just, it's within time and within practice and sitting back. And that's why mindfulness is so important. And, you know, it's so practice, especially here in LA. I mean, it's a huge thing, but really what that is, is just you tapping into your intuition and your feeling, ah, is this a right decision or not? When I walk into that room, do I feel comfortable or I don't feel comfortable? Listen to that voice. Listen to that discomfort. Listen to that feeling, right? And don't run away from it. Understand why you're feeling uncomfortable in that moment. If someone said something to you that hurt your feelings, okay, why don't you step back? Instead of getting mad at that person for what they said, step back and think about, well, why am I feeling these feelings? Step back and analyze and evaluate yourself first before evaluating other people. Because it's so easy to blame others. Why are you triggered by that? Yeah. Why did you get triggered by that thing that that person said to you? Like figure that out first and move forward. But that's hard. That's a hard thing to do for so many people. Like it's so much easier. I think, and I've been there and that's the only reason I can speak to this is because like before I like had my awakening per se, like I used to get, if anybody said anything to me and I got triggered, like it was that person's fault because how how dare they trigger me? And then I had this moment where I was like, I get to choose to be offended. And I'm not saying like, this is not to make any commentary on like social injustices or anything in the world. Like that's a whole other conversation. I'm saying personal. If I am triggered by something and figure that out first. And why do you feel that? And ask yourself the question why. I think that's such a great practice to do all the time. And oh, if I'm so irritable and angry, or if I don't want to answer this message right now, I need to ask myself why I don't want to answer this message right now and then find that space and then answer when I have the time or whatever it is. I love that you practice psychology and spiritual psychology because I think, I think that they're connected. Like I think you can't have one without the other. And I know that that's not a widely accepted phrase. Like I know that there are people that are like, no, psychology is science and that is something different. 
but I think energy is science and energy doesn't die and energy moves on. That's why like, it's not hard for me to understand that like my dad is very much still around, even if it's not in like a human form. I get that because again, energy doesn't go anywhere. Like energy doesn't die. It just moves. So if it's not in his body anymore, then it's somewhere else. And like, why wouldn't I be able to still feel that? You know, that goes the same with just like you said, auras and, you know, feeling the presence of like my ancestors or like, you know, my angels or whatever you, you know, what somebody might personally call them, like all of those things, it's just energy. It's, and that is science. And that is, you know, this idea of spirituality is just something that I've really, it's, I mean, it's really my love language, if I'm being honest, like I could talk about spirituality all day. I could talk about how, you know, I think, I, and you can tell me, I want to know your, your thought on this, but I mean, knowing, knowing like where I am with my energy is everything in terms of how I interact with other people, how I choose to like love myself, how I choose to love my family. It all comes back to like my spirituality and like who I am. And then that goes back to that idea of acoustic. I am my most acoustic self when I am very spiritually connected to the world around me and to myself. And it's a, and, and it's all energy. And we live on it. Like my daughter says all the time, we're living on a, we live on this big rock of energy. I mean, think about it, right? So we, we are all energy and what do you think chemistry is? You know, let's step back and think about what chemistry is between two people. What is that? Chemistry is an energy exchange. I mean, look how we met. I mean, I don't just, we don't just go up to people. I mean, it just doesn't happen like, like that. You know what I'm talking about? It's just certain people that you connect with that are meant to be there in your life for X, Y, or Z reason. And sometimes they go, sometimes they come or don't connect with. And that's okay because not everyone's going to like you. And that's fine too. But when you can come to that space and not internalize that and step away and detach. And I have this drawing in my book. Here, I'm going to show it. So I have, I don't know if you can see it here. So I have Frankie here in this bubble, right? But to me, this bubble means so many things. A, it could mean that he's an introvert hiding and he feels so detached from the world because everyone's playing. But the bubble also represents his alone time. The bubble represents his own space where he needs to collect himself and say, you know what? Here's what I'm feeling. Here's what I'm triggered by. And I just need this time to regroup and then come back and do what I need to do. And I feel that a lot of kids too, going back to anxiety, a lot of kids who feel anxious, it's pretty much energy absorption that they're taking in from their environment and they just don't know what to do with it a lot of times. And so the talking part or writing it down or processing it with someone, a trusted person, or like your son talking to, you know, taking, taking your stuffed animals and talking to your stuffed animals. However, it is that you are expressing and letting out that energy is what creates change within yourself, right? And giving them that space and time to do that. Well, I love this conversation. I want to be mindful of your time. I want to ask you one more, well, two more questions. First one, Five years from now, what's your like five-year vision for yourself? Love, love, private practice. And 2020 has been a reflection for me, how I'm going to be shifting my career and my energy and things I'm going to be doing 
And I see myself in five years, just career-wise, doing more, definitely more media work, definitely maybe one day having my own podcast, but really giving back way more than I'm giving now so I can reach more people. I think that's one of the things I've realized that I really love to do. I mean, I've done tons of speaking events, loves public speaking, done that for years, but really taking this to another platform and to another level, right? You know, and just having that balance. Private practice can be very lonely because especially if you're a people person and you feel this need to give back. So for me, writing my books has been incredible and maybe that would be writing more. So that's one space. Uh, Team Project Rise, you know, it's so funny how it happened. I'm great at just what people say. I'm great at connecting people and bringing people together. I think I should have been a publicist, honestly. Oh, I'm the same. I'm like, like Breezy always calls me a professional connector. She's like, if there is somebody that needs to know another person, you are the person that introduces them. And I'm like, yeah, energy. Yeah, exactly. Well, I'm not, and I'm not afraid to approach people. I think that's the other thing is they'll say, oh my gosh, Regine, you just, you'd go ahead and make that connection. Cause you know, you're not afraid to approach people. You know, my motto is like, what's the worst thing that they can say? They're going to say no. What's the worst thing? I mean, and then you just move on. It's okay. You said no. It's like somebody going in on, you know, multiple auditions and they get turned down every time. I'm like, don't, don't get down on yourself. Each audition was an experience and it's going to teach you to be better next time. It's okay. Keep on going. Keep on moving. Don't give up. So team projects... It's the same in network marketing. Right? Exactly. You can't get attached to an outcome. Like if there's somebody that you want to be in business with and you talk to them about that and they say, no, that's okay. Keep moving. <laughs> anyway. Yes. Until you find right your people and your person and until, until, until it kind of connects. Love that. Team Project Rise was created out of the concern. I'm just going to be honest is the concern I was seeing and with teachers, teachers just really, I mean, literally freaking out at what they were seeing, not knowing how to handle the kids. We are going to see, I've predicted this for months now, that we are going to see post-COVID stressors like never before in kids coming fall. I already saw it this semester. They went back this past semester. A lot of kids didn't want to go back. A lot of social anxiety, irritability, aggression, kids who were 4.0 GPAs down to 2.0s. I mean, really struggling. And Team Project Rise is all about, well, we weren't planning on doing a mental health training program, but that's where we're at right now. So we're writing up our whole mental health training program. We're creating a 45-minute webinar that's going to be disseminated to all the schools around the country, nationally, internationally. And the premise is this is we are arming teachers with the information. So you know how to recognize anxiety, depression, irritability. You know how to recognize all these symptoms in the classroom and you know now what to do. Because just to share an example, there was a child who, uh, children write essays, right? They do drawings, very disturbing things that teachers miss. And then these kids end up taking their life. But that could have been checked in that that could have been detected right so we're all here about I, I think because we've never been through a pandemic before and our kids haven't been impacted what we're going to see is going to be massive I mean we are all prepared it's it's already starting I think summer is going to be a recharge and then in the fall we just want to be able to provide this for teachers so that they feel prepared and they know what to do with solid solutions and this is just to help kids 
Right. I love that. I hope that kids, I keep thinking like I just every night I'm like, I praying to, you know, whoever people pray to, I'm like, everybody pray to something that our kids don't have to go back to in the fall in a mask. Like we got to get them to be themselves again and not being like, if I hear one more person tell me that my child, like kids are resilient, I'm going to strangle them. Cause I'm like, your kids are resilient until they're, you know, older and they have a lot of mental health issues because they had to like develop in ways that were not natural to them. Like then sure. Okay. They're resilient, but like, that's cause they don't know any better. <laughs> yeah. And you know, I, I think that they really, I'm, I'm just going to be pretty transparent here. My 10 year old, he went back to school for a couple of weeks with the mask, with all these restrictions. And I saw his mental health deteriorate. He was sad. He wasn't happy. And I, and we had this conversation and I asked him, I said, what do you want to do? I mean, do you want to, do you want, I, I, we, we just talked options. And he said, I just, I think I want to stay home for the remainder of the year. And that's what we did for various reasons. And I'm so glad I did that because he was like, I can't play with my friends. I'm constantly being told I can't touch my friends. I can't play basketball. I can't do this. I can't do that. Whereas at home, there's no restrictions. So we have to kind of make that balance. But again, we know we know the whole thinking behind it. Like, okay, a lot of kids have been terrorized and, and, and are scared. And I think kids are going to be scared even taking it off. Like I told you this, my daughter's story yesterday in the elevator. She's like, nope, not taking it off. I'm keeping it on. But I think we have to do the slow transition, helping them readjust back. Just like it was weird for you to walk into the market without a mask. You know, I'm still asking people, is it okay? Do, should I put it on? Do I put it on? Do I not put it on? What do I do? They're just putting their hands up and like, whatever you feel comfortable. <laughs> yeah. 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 I, I hope that for our kids' sake that they get to, they get to, you know, go back and have like a normal school experience again. That would be great. But it, I... I love this idea that you have about Team Project Rise. I hope that you do like continue to make your voice heard by more people because as much as I can imagine the amount of lives that you've impacted through your private practice just by speaking to you for the last hour, I can tell like your voice is one that's meant to be heard a lot bigger and you know, you, if you, I, I tell everybody this, if you're a person in this world who can truly add value to other humans, which everybody can do that. I don't think that everybody, that's not everybody's purpose. That's definitely like, I can tell you and I share that, like, that's your purpose in this life is to add value. And so I hope that that is, I'm manifesting that for you is that your next five years is like, how many people can you impact? Okay. Before I let you go, I want you to tell us about your books. And then I want you to tell us, like, where can people find you? Plug yourself. You can find me on Instagram at Dr. Regine Maradian. And also my books are on my website, regimemaradian.com. And they're also on Amazon. I have right now two books on Amazon, Frankie and the Worry Bees, Frankie and His Homeschool Adventures, all about normalizing homeschool. And my third book is coming at the end of this month called Francine and Her Special Talent. So this is Frankie's friend in the first book. So I kind of made it into a female character. And it's all about, gosh, awakening, finding your inner talent, loving yourself, building self-confidence, showing kids that although I love sports, very athletic, it's not just about the sports, right? It's about, you know, Francine doesn't make it on the sports team and she's devastated because that's all she identifies with. And she doesn't know what else she's good at. So her mentor, who's her aunt, comes in and kind of shows her that, wait a minute, you're really good at these other things. Why don't you try this like a sport? 
And this was really inspired. Honestly, the story was inspired through my daughter, my 16 year old, who's a theater buff. She's in acting. She loves theater. She's not athletic at all. She's not into sports. And she was so bummed out over this pandemic that sports went on, but theater and acting did not go on at school. And she just didn't get that. And she was like, why was the arts shut down? Because arts is just as important as the sports. And I'm like, gosh, you're so right. And it was really about guiding her through this process because she was in a lot of pain. That was her outlet. And it was showing her, okay, wait a minute. I know you can't do this now, Marina, but what is something else you could do right now? And so she started writing and she started kind of drafting. She's really good at drawing uh, her own clothing line. So my sister, who's really good at stuff like that, has mentored her. So that's what Francine is all about. And it was really about, I saw the shift in her. And I just, again, a lot of my three books are so inspired by what I see around me, personal stories. And it's just, wow, if that impacted you, it impacted someone else. Also, incredible kids on, if you check my Instagram page, I'm just going to give her a quick shout out, Baked Confessions. She's Confections. She's a teen entrepreneur who started her own baking business. Again, Francine, very inspired by that. This other girl, Lo- London Lovely Delights. She's so cute. I did an Instagram live with them and she created her own baking business as well, starting selling bun cakes everywhere during the pandemic. So kids were so creative, right? I guess that's what's important is show, f- find that inner talent. What are you good at? What is something you kind of missed within yourself that you've always wanted to do and go after it and start it and do it? Nothing's impossible. I love that. I'm going to buy those for Owen. I feel like he would really dig these books. I just can't thank you enough for sharing. Every, I mean, I feel like we could have this, this could go on for hours. So we're going to have to have you back on and we'll get more, we'll get deeper in. Um, but I just, I want to thank you for your time. I want to thank you for just like your words of wisdom. I know if you're listening out there, you probably had so many questions and I'm hoping that, you know, she answered some for you today. I uh, obviously go find her on Instagram. If you want to see her Instagram, it's on our show notes. You know, if you have any questions for Dr. Maradian, like definitely, definitely let us know and we will, we will connect. Maybe we'll do an IG live or something on our Instagram page. I would love that. Okay. Before I let you go, we play a game. The game is called quick fire. You might actually be okay at this because you're a Virgo. You can't explain yourself though. This is the problem. So you have to just, yes, it's like yes or no. First thing that comes to mind, I'm going to just give you some things and you answer and you have one minute to get as many as possible. All right. (laughs) How you feel? Yeah, let's do it. Good about it. Yeah, sure. Okay. (laughs) Okay. Here we go. Favorite book. The inner matrix. A new one I've been reading. The best piece of advice you've ever received. And who did you receive it from? Oh, gosh. Don't give advice that was not offered to you. Don't give advice that wasn't asked of you, my dad. Um, Would you rather eat pizza or spaghetti? Spaghetti. Would you rather go to a tropical vacation or a trip in the mountains? Uh, Trip in the mountains because I love skiing. Private jet or private yacht? Private yacht. (laughs) Love the ocean. (laughs) You're getting on a plane right now. Where are you going? I am going back to where I grew up. I'm going to Monaco. Amazing. And last question, if you're going to a deserted island and you can take three things with you, what are they? I'll take a good book. I will take a recording of all my favorite podcasts and photos of all the people I love. I love that. 
See, you did good. You answered like a lot. That was really good. That was really good. All right, my friend. Well, you are magic. I thank you again for sharing and being here. And I just know that you made an impact in so many people's lives through this episode. So it was really great to talk to you. You too. Such a pleasure. And we'll talk soon. Yes. I have to tell you about my new favorite CBD company. Their name is Equilibria. They are women owned. They are POC owned and they are just dope freaking humans. These girls are changing the game in my opinion for what CBD is and can be. When you order from them, you get a dosing specialist, somebody to help you learn about CBD and it's all hemp CBD. So you're not going to get high. There's no, there's no hallucin, like hallucinatory THC, nothing like that in it. It is all just for wellness. And when you meet with a dosing specialist, they teach you what you should be using CBD for, when you should be taking it, how much you should be taking. And then you can also get your questions answered. So if you do have any reservations around taking CBD, maybe you have other medications you're on or other illnesses and you want to know if you know it's going to mix well, they will answer all of your questions. They have nurses, they have geniuses, scientists, all the things working with them. And so I have really been loving getting to know them. Their product is amazing. Their product packaging is so beautiful. If you do want to check them out, go to Equilibria's website. Use my code Danielle on the daily at checkout. You will get 15% off your order. And tell me what you think because I'm obsessed. She is amazing. I love when you make connections with people that like you don't know you're going to make a connection with. Like she mentioned, her daughter takes my soul cycle class and I've known her daughter for a while now. And then she brought her mom and it was like an instant connection of just like, I need to know this person and I need to know their story and we need to have a conversation. And so what better place to do that than on the podcast? So I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. I just really adore her. And I I love talking to mental health professionals because it's, I never got a degree in like psychology or anything, but I did take a lot of psychology classes and it's just been something that's been so fascinating to me forever. And I just thank you, Regine, for taking the time to have that conversation. We will definitely have her back on the podcast because I feel like there's so many new directions that we can go. Next week, we'll be back with another interview. This Friday, you'll get another unplugged episode. If you are new to the podcast, fun fact about podcasters, we get a lot of our metrics off Apple Podcasts. So if you have access to Apple Podcasts, which if you have an Apple ID, if you have an iPhone, you do have access to Apple Podcasts. If you could go on there, subscribe to the podcast, give us a five-star rating, write us a review. That's how we grow. That's how we get this podcast to more people. And that's the goal. So thank you so much for all of your continued support. Thank you for rocking with us for the last six months. It feels like it's been so much longer and it's just so crazy. I'm such a, I get so hard on myself where I'm like, why am I not? Why is this not, you know, global at this point? And then I have to remind myself we've been in business since January and it's been a really epic ride. So thank you for the support. Thank you for joining us. You guys are amazing. If you want to connect with me, I am at Danielle underscore on the daily. You can find the podcast at on the daily pod and slide into the DMs as always. If you're a guest we need to hear from, if you know a guest we need to hear from, if you have a topic you want us to cover, like please tell us all the things. We love to connect and we can't wait to hear from you. Until then, we will see you on Friday for Unplugged. Have a beautiful day.